Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Institutional Investor Forum podcast. This forum is for women in the Institutional Investor Network, and the aim is to help us to reach our full potential technically and also on the softer skill side of things, and also just to create a support network to allow us to know other women who have gone before us, who are coming up behind us. And so really excited to be doing a podcast today with Noir Albali, who is a friend who shares the same birthday as my daughter, who is also a client that I work with and enjoy working with. And so very, very excited to have the listeners with us today and to come along on a journey with us where we will be able to explore the experiences of different women and learn from them. Thank you, Mamia, for this uh, lovely intro. I'm really happy to be with you today. I think it would be really useful for our listeners. You know, I know your background, but it would be really useful for you to explain your career path to date. We know that increasingly we are seeing women working in the asset management sector, working for institutional investors. But certainly that was not what it was before across the world and particularly in the Middle East. So it'd be useful to understand your career path, please. Sure. I would say that my career truly started when I joined JP Morgan Saudi Arabia back in 2011, right after I graduated from university. I came in with a bachelor degree of finance, so I was looking into financial institutions that could hire me. So I started off in the treasury department in JP Morgan Saudi Arabia as part of their middle office operations team. Once I got there, I also got an opportunity to join their graduate scheme, which took me to London for one year. Uh, after that one year, I got an opportunity to join the client service team within the asset services in JP Morgan Saudi Arabia. That's where I was an account manager for several sovereign wealth funds in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. So I spent four years doing that where I built you know, a lot of good relationships at that time. And that's when I actually got to know you, Mamiya, at this time. And after that, I was hired at the right investment company to assist in building the operations team along with the team. I remember you telling me that you've recently been appointed as a NED. Is that right? Non-executive director. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. So, so as you know, RIC is the investment arm of the PPA, yep. uh, which is the public pension agency in Saudi Arabia. We hold a big stake in Aljof agriculture. And so I was nominated by the senior management too, which I think was something amazing and shows a big trust. So I applied and I got elected and I won a seat in that board. This was a totally new experience to me. It's in a phase, a transformational phase, basically. And being part of this makes me really happy. And I know for a fact I'm going to be learning a lot from this experience. Are you the only woman on that board or are there others? Yes, at the moment, I'm the only woman on the board. Recently, you would see... A few companies have started appointing or electing female members in their boards. And that's clearly an attempt to diversify boards. We're just basically moving in the same direction as global companies are doing. You and me know how statistics are showing how diverse boards, including females, can be more productive and basically create a healthier environment for the company. It's no surprise to me that you were selected. I suppose one of the questions I have is I'm often the only woman in the room or the only black professional in the room. So I know what it feels like to be the only one or the first. How do you cope with being the only woman on a board full of men? How do you thrive? This is an experience that I have 
felt maybe previously, you know, being in the minority, I would say, in, in the corporate world. But being on the board was really actually a kind of intimidating experience, especially on the first meeting. I'm going to be honest with you. We had our cameras on and obviously I was the only female. We were all new members. We were just getting to know each other. Usually when I'm in this position, I just let go of any assumptions or any judgments toward myself or towards the whole group. I just act as, as a human being. I just forget I'm a woman or I forget you know, that they're men. I just come in, we're prepared for the meeting and basically be presentable and act normally like I would with my colleagues or within my family in a respectful manner. I try my best to be genuine and honest and really let go of any historical experiences I might have faced in my job or anything else. It's trying to come in with confidence. The first meeting went really, really well. And I just see myself as my other male, male peers. I don't put extra effort just to try to prove myself as a woman and I don't just be a passive member. So I try to be a productive member in, a, in a just the normal level that I don't burn myself to prove anything different. I think that's really interesting because I think what you reminded me of there is it's really important to be authentic and to be yourself. I think when you are yourself, you thrive. You're able to just bring who you are to the table and, and that authenticity helps in terms of diversity of thought and similar. In terms of support, what role have men played in your story? So to start off, I think I'm going to go back a few years, not a few, actually a decade ago or more. My father is the first man who gave me the confidence and the freedom for me to become a strong person and make my own way and choose my own way of living. So he would be the first man to come to mind. After that, for sure, I would say for the past three years, it has been my husband as well. He's always got my back when things are tough at work or anything. and. I don't think he was ever intimidated by any of my sex. In fact, he was always proud to see me grow and become even more successful. So I feel lucky to have those two men. And in addition, one third man is actually is my brother. He was the first one to celebrate my appointment for the board membership on LinkedIn. Uh, he, he was really proud about this and was really, really proud. So having those three supporters outside of work is, I find, very crucial to my success. That leads me to my next question of what female in Saudi Arabia would you say you admire professionally and why? I had my first encounter with a successful corporate lady called Rima Al-Asmari. Rima, at the time when I joined JP Morgan, headed the treasury department. And before that, she was also a senior executive in Saudi Francie Bank. Uh, what I have seen in her is, first of all, her humble attitude. That's number one. She was really empowering. I just saw that she was a very strong woman. She said what's in her mind without any fear. She really cared for the bank as if it was her own when it comes to issues or problems that she had to deal with within the treasury department. She was also funny, genuine and honest. I think at the same time, she was a leader. I remember she said actually one thing to me one day. She said, I don't care if you become better than me, you know, one day or like, you know, I just she just wanted to support me. She saw something in me. She highly supported me to go to London. She was the first one to raise this actually to the management. And then even when I met her after that, every time I told her, you know, thank you for this. She was like, you know, I, I did nothing really. Basically, you were good enough to go and to take that experience. And then actually what I also admire about her was when she has 
become even more senior at JP Morgan in Saudi. She has become in a very high level. She still, she didn't change. She was still the same person talking to us in the same way. Literally nothing has changed. You mentioned that, and I thought it was very interesting, you said that she wasn't intimidated at your ability nor the, the prospect of your success, I think is what you hinted there. That seems to me to be someone who is an excellent sponsor. You need someone who is not intimidated by your success, mainly because most probably they're confident in their own abilities and want you to succeed. What role do you think sponsorship has played in your career? I mean, is there anyone now that you could say, yes, they are fundamental to my career, to my success? Or do you think it's you sort of working on your own path by yourself? I'm going to have to give credit to myself now <laughs> at this point <laughs> because, uh, of course, a sponsorship, this is really important, but they wouldn't have sponsored me if they haven't seen something in me that is worth yeah. sponsoring. Yeah. So I have always been the hardworking noir for everyone, even in my, in my family. They've always seen me working really hard, long hours. I used to travel a lot, leave everything behind, just get my work done. And so it's not just working hard. I also built really good relationships with everyone. I always tried to be a good colleague to everyone, even, even if we were not on the same team. You know, when I was in JP Morgan, I remember one of my colleagues saying, I think Noir is the only one who knows everyone in the company because <laughs> I, I used to say hi to everyone and, you know, just have those little chats. And finally, the, a receptionist at RIC one day told me, Noir, by the way, you're the only one who says good morning when you come in. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was, I thought that was funny. I was, I was shocked, you know. Um, so these little things, having those good relationships with everyone, trying to be kind always takes you to good places and opens doors for you. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the personality, your attitude is what takes you to the next level. Technical abilities is important for sure, but those can be taught and practiced while on the job. But I always remind myself, be the person who people want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And that has given everyone the trust that I'm going to do a good job. So getting that trust is fundamental. If I haven't been the hardworking noir or like if I haven't been the genuine or, or honest. And one more thing, overestimating and underestimating oneself can be really dangerous. Both, yeah. you know, both can be dangerous. If I overestimate myself, people are going to start challenging me or like picking on the wrong stuff that I do. Underestimating myself can be used against me in, at any point. So just being true to yourself and to the people you work with and your management, really being authentic or being honest about your abilities and what you can, what you can't, and what you're willing to learn and do is the thing that has taken me forward. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people say you can't have it all. And it's often said when a woman says she wants to have kids, she wants to be married, she wants to be successful in her career. So she wants to be the CEO, yet she still wants to function in other areas and be successful in them. What do you say to that? Do you think that women in Saudi can have it all? And what does that mean to you? Saudi women are not like special <laughs> creatures who can do everything. I think we, we share the same experience as most women around the world. But I would say there are some differences that we have here in Saudi. I think there's the family support. So I wouldn't lie and say I'm not worried that if I have a baby, I, you know, my career can be affected. This is a possibility. But 
I know for a fact there is a big support system around me that can, can help me with this. In Saudi, we're a very family-oriented community and everyone is there to help you. I have a sister and a mother who is willing to help me through, you know, throughout this experience. You know, we're moving towards a more of a flexible how do you say it? Flexible work hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's still people are still fearful of using this flexibility, and of you course. know, but it has to happen. Women are going to leave, just like you know what's happening globally. We are just following the same steps, like what mm-hmm. what's happening out there. Everyone is excited now to to, to join the corporate world and be mm-hmm. this and be that and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're going to face the same issues later on if that flexibility is not applied, or women are afraid to use them or hesitant to use them because mm-hmm. they don't want to be judged, you know, f- for using them or whatever it is, they're going to leave. They're not going to yeah. stay. What do you say then to the younger ladies coming up? If you were to give one bit of advice, what advice would that be? I have been seeing the young graduates working with us as co-ops and I think they are brilliant. They're amazing. You know, I don't think they need my advice, <laughs> but they, they are so different from our generation. They're coming in with full power. Basically, what I would say is coming in and forgetting that you are a woman or like putting myself in a certain category. Like I'm just I'm coming in as a human being who has certain abilities, who is trying to do their best. And that's it. And not worry about what people will think about me. Another thing is that I always try to tell this or like spread this word is avoiding gossip at work and avoiding looking at what others are doing this can be really really damaging to oneself like if i'm just following where others have been or like how did they get there this will make me lose focus on what i'm doing at the moment i think what has taken me forward is focusing on what i do exactly and spending all my energy and my effort on what i'm producing and is my management happy with what i'm doing that's all and on the way, making sure I'm being respectful of everyone and trying to always have a healthy relationship with everyone. So let's not be in- intimidated or affected by other people reaching certain places. I don't find it healthy when we keep looking at news, like this is the first woman who has become a board member. This is the first woman who has become something. Everyone is doing their best. You know, it's it's great that someone can become the first, but in reality, there could be many others who are doing an amazing job, but they're not the first or like they haven't got the right publicity. I just think that although it could be inspiring, you know, we can look at them as inspiring stories sometimes, but let's not just take them as pure facts that they are the best. Remember that we're all in a puzzle. Everyone is doing their part. So that's what I would say. And, and I think working on developing owns emotional intelligence. You know, this might sound like a cliche, but to be honest, I think personality at the end is most important. And I have spent hours and hours and actually months I took a long program to basically develop myself as a person and I do not regret basically any dollar I spent on it or any minutes that was the greatest achievement of my life I think and I think everyone should basically keep working on their interpersonal skills managing emotions dealing with hardships dealing with difficulties in in your personal life everything will go back to this if you take care of yourself from the inside things are gonna basically reflect on the outer side so 
I would just encourage them to improve themselves from that aspect, just as much as they focus on improving their technical skills. In the UK, in the US, in the Middle East, all around, you know, you look at the 2030 vision and we're seeing more quotas, targets. And the reaction to that from some is, are we just putting women in place who are not capable? And then the other response might be actually that no targets are helping us to identify women who were previously overlooked. What is your response to the increasing number of women and the pressure being put on companies to ensure that women are in places of seniority? I think numbers are good indicators to what's happening in this industry. They're good indicators. The thing is, what we really need to look at once we look at these numbers is what is it? What are the reasons, right? What what are the reasons why there's less women or, you know, or why are women leaving this industry? But then at the end of the day, that's all numbers. And if when companies or countries are making an effort to balance that number, that's a good reason to hire more women in those in those companies, because as statistics have shown, yes, you are in a better company when there's a diversity in the company, when you have balanced, whether balanced ethnic groups or, you know, or whether between males and females, um, that, that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing for a company. The only thing I wanted to mention is that whenever this topic comes up as like, you know, we, we hear these comments when they say, Oh, you're just because you're a woman, like you're they're basically increasing their KPIs. That's why you were mm-hmm. hired for this. My answer to that is I don't care <laughs> why I'm, am I am I doing my job properly? Am I competent enough? Why was I chosen? I mean, there are other women as well who, you know, around me, but they were not picked, they picked me. Yeah. Why? Because I am competent for this job. So one woman who has been put in a position who has doesn't have the abilities needed for, for a certain job. That's what really matters. What are they doing? Once they are appointed or elected or hired for a position, look at what they're doing. Are they doing their job? That's all what matters. It doesn't matter how they got there, whether it's planned, unplanned, whatever it is. These are called opportunities. Opportunities can, can come to anyone in any shape or form. That's the way I look at it. It is just an opportunity at this stage. So. Let's not put it in that context, you know what I mean? Let's look at what's happening now, and that's what matters. We just need capable people to take certain positions. That's all. It's been a pleasure, I think. We've covered a lot of stuff and given some really useful insights, so thank you so much. Maybe one last question I have is, you know, what advice would you give to a woman like me? I think what I really always try to push you know, not just for women, even for men sometimes, is let's not push ourselves too much. I always tell people when it's 6 p.m. is like, why don't you guys just go home? I think it's late. Remembering that there's a lot more in life than our career. Like our career is amazing. And, you know, this is this is where we get our security from, you know, and everything. But there's a lot out there that is beautiful and worth every second of our time. And I'll tell you something uh, you might not know about me, but I really love music. I sing and I play the piano. And I have been playing for the past year and a half. I've been learning, uh, taking less, more lessons and more lessons on piano. And I've become much better and better and better. So when I finish work and I go back home, 
I look forward to going to my piano and start working and improving myself. I think having, having a hobby or something that you love outside of work will also make you work better at your job. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Let's take this. You know, at the end of the day, it's a job. We're doing our best. We are being responsible for what we do. We're disciplined. But please, let's not forget the beauty outside of work. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think that was certainly for me, I think lockdown has taught us that there's a lot more to life. There's things that we were missing and we didn't realise. Just even having just more time in the mornings when you're not commuting, when you're working from home is great. But I I agree with you. There's more to life than work and and we should appreciate that. Noir, what advice do you give to the younger Noir who 15 years ago, and, and it can be professional, personal, whatever you think is, is relevant? It's, it's basically, I would say, three things. Firstly, making sure to choose the right partner at the right time. Right time is, is actually not possible, but making sure that when you choose a partner to marry for the rest of your life, that it's a person who appreciates you, appreciates your dreams, your ambitions, and will not stand in the way of, of pursuing that just not rushing into this without making sure you're going to be with someone to have a secure and happy life with. Second thing, basically to keep reminding myself of the importance of financial independence all the way, thinking long-term and always having a safety net for myself financially. I think for Saudi women, this can be overlooked. Most girls think short-term, maybe have some sort of dependency on their families to support them. But being completely financially independent is extremely important, as I think. And that could be one of the motivations to keep them going in their professional career. The third thing is once you're in a good position or like you're happy at your job and everything is fine and all of a sudden now you have personal obligations like once you have kids or you have other responsibilities to your family never be shy to ask your manager for flexibility in your hours and never be shy to share your concerns about your job most likely your manager will understand this and they will give you the flexibility that you need And making sure once that happens, that you always still deliver what's required from you, not to the level that you burn yourself to to achieve. Those are the three things I would say are most important to every woman and basically could be for men as well. Thank you. I certainly agree with the advice on, on picking the right partner. My husband has been a rock out of helping me progress in my career and, and is in no way intimidated by my own success. He's successful in his own right, but still finds the time to support me in, in my ambitions. I do agree with you. And I think actually a lot of what I have achieved is credit to his pushing me. So yeah, I think I think what you've just said there is is absolutely spot on. Thank you. Thank you.